Welcome to the Marketing Trust Podcast. I am your host, Adam Buchanan. I believe trust must exist before a transaction can take place. I give marketers the tools they need to infuse more trust in their marketing to help grow their business. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Marketing Trust Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Buchanan. Welcome and thanks for listening and I appreciate all the reviews that I've been getting lately. Thank you so much. Hop on iTunes, give a review if you're liking what you hear. In this episode, I'm going to be talking all about how to rebuild trust with your customers when you have made a mistake. This happens to every business and if it hasn't happened to you, it's probably going to happen. Unfortunately, I'm sorry, but it will. Mistakes do happen in business. But first, before we dive into that, I want to give a big shout out to Ryan Amaralt. He is a listener and good friend of mine. He pointed out today that on Instagram, uh, Whole Foods, and this is the trusted brand that I want to call out today. Whole Foods, if you don't know who Whole Foods is, uh, they were acquired by Amazon because Jeff Bezos asked Alexa to acquire Whole Foods. I'm, I'm sure that's how it happened. Um... But Whole Foods, the national grocery store chain, they focus on organic food. Quite a big deal. Uh, Whole Foods is everywhere. And so on, you know, Instagram today, they basically, (laughs) this is pretty cool. You got to check it out. Check out at Whole Foods on Instagram. They erased all their posts and they only put up, I think it was like six posts and they're all white just looks like a white background, and that's it. No caption, no nothing. They changed their bio on Instagram to just a bee, a little honeybee, the emoji, and that's all it is. And what the message is, is that, you know, the pollinators, the, the bees, they, they are dying off, unfortunately. And if the bees go, we go. And so as me, you know, I'm a beekeeper, as you might know. And if you don't know, I, I am a beekeeper. I've been a Beekeeper for five years. We've got two beehives in the backyard. And it's true. You know, truthfully, bees are absolutely critical. And so I love what Whole Foods has done. They've taken a really bold approach to, you know, letting people know, hey, this is critical. And we, we've got to do something about the bees. And, and they are probably on the verge of a larger campaign. They're, they're a little quiet, but I think more is coming. So Props to Whole Foods for really taking a drastic measure, um, you know, taking over their Instagram. I, I think they have over you know, a couple million followers, and so kind of a, a bold approach there. And, and I just really enjoy that. I think it's it kind of falls on the marketing trust framework around, you know, being honest around what's happening in the world. And with them, they're in the food business. You know, you have to understand that you know, bees are pretty darn important, especially with them. They really promote health. They really promote organic and natural ingredients. And so it really falls under their brand premise. So thank you, Ryan, for sharing that. I shared that with, uh, on Twitter and I really enjoyed that. And obviously, you know, I'm a beekeeper, so I absolutely support that as well. By the way, if you ever want to want to get into beekeeping or have any questions about that, I could talk about bees all day. I love beekeeping. It's been awesome for our family. And it really, you know, I kind of tie in beekeeping and honey with the marketing trust, which is kind of cool. I'll definitely do an episode about that and how I kind of compare the two. 
But yeah, if you ever have any questions, I get people asking me all the time, oh, I'd love to get into it. How do I get started? Hit me up. I'm, I'm an open book and I can point you to some really great resources on how to get started. I, I love my bees. Definitely check me out on Instagram too, uh, Adam underscore Buchanan. If you go to hashtag Buchanan bees, you can see my bees on Instagram. And I've, I've tagged quite a few posts talking about them. Today's topic, how to rebuild trust with your customers when you've made a mistake. So I want to walk through this. This is something that a lot of my clients deal with. And a lot of companies come to me and they're like, you know, we get a lot of negative reviews, get a lot of people, you know, saying unkind things about us on social media. Here's the thing. People make mistakes, businesses make mistakes, and it's really, really important to kind of follow a process. And so in this episode, I want to walk you through that process and really talk about, you know, what are the risks involved if you ignore this feedback? And, you know, what are the things you have to keep in mind to to overcome it? So let's walk through this. I'm excited to dive in. I hope that this can help you in your business. And you may think, well, you know, everything's going fine. There's nothing wrong. Truthfully, it's going to happen. So hang on to this episode. You may not need it today, but if you, when you go through a crisis, hopefully this can provide you some value. Here's the thing with mistakes in business. If you make a mistake and you ignore it, customers won't and they'll remember it. They are like elephants. They remember everything. And so it's really important to address these things head on. And so that's what I want to talk about today. And, and the thing is, if you ignore them and you disregard the negative feedback you're getting, people are going to go somewhere else. And the crazy thing is they even may pay a higher price with your competitor. So what I want to talk about today is a story about a donut shop that opened up in our hometown. I live in North Salt Lake, about 30 miles north of Salt Lake City, Utah. And a little donut shop opened up and the, the town that I live in is fairly small, so people are pretty tight-knit. They, you know, the community is really strong. Word-of-mouth marketing is really big here because if something goes well or doesn't go well, you know, people are going to hear about it. And so if a new company is coming in, a new uh, little store or shop, it's exciting, but it's pretty risky because it is a small town and you've really got to be thoughtful of that first impression. So this donut shop comes in and, you know, about a month ago they do a grand opening and it kind of was abrupt. Like no one had really seen the donut shop, you know, coming. It was just not a lot of awareness around the grand opening. And so, you know, a few people went in, they sampled the donuts and then the reviews started coming in. And unfortunately they weren't good. People did not like the donuts. So I was looking on a couple of local community Facebook groups and people were sharing their experiences. And the three top trends that really came from the feedback was, and this is funny because the, the, <laughs> the donuts were free at the grand opening, but people kept complaining that how expensive they were. Now they are kind of expensive. They're probably double of what you'd pay anywhere else. But that was one complaint. The other one was people just didn't like them. They didn't think they tasted good. And the other one, it's not so much a complaint, but more of you know, friendly feedback is there wasn't any gluten-free options. Now, the thing with a grand opening, and when you're just starting out with a product launch, maybe you haven't built trust yet. So if you're, you're doing a product launch and something's coming soon, you know, you don't really have trust yet. Or maybe you do with those customers, but they don't have trust around this new product. 
the thing with this is, you know, the first thing I want to talk about is product launches are the accelerant for building trust. So we'll get to when you're in the thick of a crisis and, and when things are going bad. But I want to talk about product launches because this is an incredible way to build trust quickly with people. And so unfortunately, the donut shop, you know, they had one chance at a grand opening and it didn't really go well. They didn't leave a very strong impression on people. And so the great thing about a product launch is I want to talk about the framework of marketing trust. It's the three pillars I talk about all the time. It's proximity, honesty, and expertise. So let's look at this and how it relates to the donut shop. So the first pillar of marketing trust is proximity. This is building trust with someone one-to-one or having a personal relationship with them. So what I mean by proximity is closeness. It's, it's being really close with your customer and having them feel like you're present. Now, let's say you, you have a product launch. You know, the donut shop should have done a soft launch because, you know, weeks before they officially open their doors, they should have opened their doors just to a few people or invite friends and family or, you know, certain connections, kind of an invite only. You know, if they would have had 20, 30 people come through the door, they could have learned very quickly, okay, our recipe needs work. You know, people are going to make comments about the expensive prices. Well, if we make our donuts good enough, maybe people are willing to pay them. And if you get 20 or 30 people trying out your donut, a couple of those people would have said, you know, really need some gluten-free options. Me personally, two of my family members actually only eat gluten-free. So it's kind of hard for me to stop at this donut shop and be like, hey, sweet, I want to come in. You guys can have an orange juice. You know, it's not a really great experience. So the great thing about a soft launch when you're launching a new product, you can learn so much and you have a close proximity with your customers. So anytime you're launching a new product, definitely, definitely do a soft launch. And it doesn't matter what you're launching. It could be a donut shop. It could be a software. It it could be anything. So just be thoughtful of that because you have one chance at a grand opening. You have one chance at a product launch. And so you've really got to make it the most impactful. The other thing about a soft launch too is it really builds a lot of buzz and excitement because those people are going to be like, man, I just got to try out this new product. And then they start talking about it and you can let those people talk about it all you want. This donut shop could have seen a lot more success and probably a lot more people coming if they would have built up a little bit more excitement around the grand opening. The second pillar of marketing trust is honesty. And so when you build this close relationship with your customers and they're giving you this feedback, then you can listen and make change and be really honest with yourself of, okay, we keep hearing this over and over and over. It's not going well. Let's get this fixed. And in this case, if they would have done a soft launch at the donut shop, they would have gotten that feedback and they would have had still time to tweak that recipe and get it fixed. Now, I'm not a donut expert, clearly. Otherwise, this would be a donut podcast. Uh, But I can imagine, you know, to start a donut shop, it probably takes a few times to really get the recipe going, learning how the equipment works, to really make that donut taste amazing. So anytime you're launching a product, get that feedback and don't be afraid to change the product. Now, as we skip ahead to if you're in business, you're not worried about a product launch, but you're just getting negative feedback, the same rules apply. You have to be honest with your customer, be empathetic and be like, hey, we're going to make that change, you know, and and be able to pause on production, 
get the change fixed, and move forward. Now, on a product launch, I've heard of companies, even like Reebok, who have actually pulled products from the shelf before they went to market because they realized that through testing and beta testing, it, they, it needed more work on the design line. So while it seems expensive, it's more expensive and more risky to push out a product that isn't ready because you're going to leave that first impression and it's going to be terrible and everyone's going to talk about it. And unfortunately, that's kind of what's happening with this donut shop. The third pillar of marketing trust is expertise. And I really, really believe that as companies come forward and say, hey, we can earn your money, we can earn your trust, here's how we do it, it's because they are experts in the craft. So if you're opening a donut shop, you better be an expert at making donuts, and you have to prove it. So free samples are great, but if those free samples don't taste very good, you got to dial in your game. So that is what's so important in establishing your authority. I love my friend Brian Fanzo. He says this uh, quite a bit about social media marketing. And he says, you know, you, you can't build it and expect people to come. This isn't the field of dreams anymore. And what he's talking about is, you know, building a, a social following on, you know, uh, social channels and whatnot. You can't just be present and just say, oh, well, I'm on Twitter so everyone can come. You know, I feel like that's the same thing with this donut shop. It's like, you can't just say, everyone loves donuts. So if I build a donut shop, everyone's going to come. Unfortunately, that is not enough. You've got to show people that you're an expert. And if you're charging twice the amount of money for a donut, you've got to prove to people why that's important. Speaking of donuts, I spent a few years in Portland, Oregon when we were working at Columbia Sportswear. Really loved it up there. And of course, if you know Portland, Oregon, you know Voodoo Donuts. Phenomenal donuts up there. They are so unique. At Voodoo Donuts, you can actually get married in the donut shop. All the donut, donut eastas, I think is the, uh, the term. All the donut eastas, they can actually, you know, perform marriages, which is awesome and unique about Voodoo Donuts. But their, their donuts taste amazing. My favorite is the bacon maple bar. There's actually a strip of bacon on top of the, uh, the maple bar, so... Sorry, I'm, I'm sure you're listening to this and maybe it's your commute in the morning and you're like starving. So there's probably a good chance you may buy a donut after listening to this episode. So I'm not sorry. Hopefully, hopefully you do find a donut very quickly though. Okay, so those are kind of the three main things when you're doing a product launch is really creating a close proximity, doing that soft launch, being open to feedback, being honest with yourself and making those changes and maybe you make a delay with your product launch and say, you know what, we gotta push this back. This isn't right, this isn't ready. Because now I'm seeing this donut shop in my hometown and they're, they're kind of struggling. They're, they're struggling getting people through the door. you know. And it was that first impression. So they've, they've got some work to do. And the expertise, people give their money to experts. That's just how it is. Trust has to exist before a transaction takes place. And the reason why people trust companies is because they expect them to be experts in what they do. I don't care if it's a $1.50 donut. I don't care if it's a $40,000 car. We expect companies to be experts in what they do, and that's why we give them money. Okay, number two. So this is the second kind of part that I want to talk about is diving in deeper into listening and making change. Now, 
You know, the big thing is when we get feedback about a product, it's really simple to identify what that feedback is. You can go on social media, look around, and see what people are saying about your company. In this case, the donut shop could easily look on a few Facebook groups locally and see, okay, people are upset, people don't like this, they think it's charging too much. Honestly, they should be reaching out to those people and say, hey, I'm the owner, let's have a conversation, I'd love to invite you in. We've realized, yes, there are some problems. We'd love to have you in and, and retest out the new recipe. I mean, that's how you turn the ship in these situations. And really, a lot of people and companies look at these situations and think, oh, this is terrible, got all this negative feedback. But if you look at it, we can actually turn it around and create incredible opportunities. So for this example with the donut shop, they have a lot of opportunities in front of themselves. I mean, they could still bring in an exclusive group of people for taste testing and say, hey, let's get your feedback, let's make a change, you know, whatever it may be. They have had a lot of people ask about gluten-free. They should research what it would take to bring in gluten-free options. Now, I'm not a food expert, and I know there's certain risks involved with equipment and, you know, making the gluten food on the gluten-free equipment. I mean, it's, it's tricky, and I get that. However, is there something else you could offer? You could, could you do smoothies? Could you, you know, offer something else for the other half of the family who are gluten-free to come and enjoy while the other people enjoy a donut? We've got to be thoughtful, especially in the food market. If you're doing food, you have got to think of gluten-free. It's, it's just the world we live in. Now, I work with outdoor companies, so I'm not like a food industry expert. However, that is what so many companies are working on. And with the few nutrition brands that I do work with, a lot of people ask, is it gluten-free? People are a lot more conscious about their food and nutrition facts than they've ever been before. The third thing that I would recommend to this donut shop that they should do to really listen and make a change is also make it fun. I mean, you run a donut shop. I mean, donuts are awesome. You know, it's it sounds so obvious and simple, but you've got to make this fun. And so if I was them, honestly, I would put empty donut boxes with their brand name on it around our town with a little note that says, bring this in for a dozen on us. Chances are... People are going to see that, they're going to be stoked, share it on social media, they're going to come in, get their free dozen, and, you know, the, the donut shop could absolutely win back customers if they do this. It's, it's, a, it's another way to just get people thinking, you know, donuts are fun, donuts are awesome, I'm going to give these guys a try. Or, I didn't really like my first experience, but this was pretty cool, pretty clever, I'm going to give them another chance. So... As you think about the feedback that you're getting, look at these as opportunities. Don't just look at them as, oh, people really dislike us and they're really upset and so let's make sure we apologize and show empathy and check the box. No, like look at this as a way to say, okay, we heard you, we're making the change and we're going to do something a little more compelling that maybe you didn't expect to really win you back. Um, on the note of gluten-free, I mean, if they did offer some gluten-free option, They've got to put that everywhere. Again, being in food, you have to offer gluten-free. That's just a way to win people over. And the other thing is, if I'm eating gluten-free, right, and I see a donut shop open in my neighborhood, I'm going to immediately think, well, it's not for me. They don't offer any options. And you're not going to find that out. 
truthfully. I mean, someone who eats gluten-free isn't going to go on Facebook and say, well, if they offered gluten-free, I would come. It's just expected that donut shops don't really offer gluten-free options. Now, maybe there are, but in most cases, it's kind of a wide-known belief. Imagine if you had a sign that popped up that says, hey, we have gluten-free options. That's going to win those people who are not talking on social media. They just have that thought of, that place isn't for me. The third thing we have to think about is, this is people's wallets we're talking about, okay? Let's take a moment and just think back to the time when Facebook and social media did not exist. Think about it. It's crazy, right? It's hard to really think, okay, no Facebook, no Instagram, no Yelp, no reviews, no nothing. Now, think about being a business and trying to find out how are you doing a good job or a bad job? You rely on the comment cards, the suggestion box, the, you know, hey, will you take this survey, things like that. Now, companies that I talk to, you know, sometimes they kind of take it personal and they get really mad when they see a bad review about their product on Facebook. Again, I mean, people are very thoughtful of where they spend their money and they're very thoughtful of who they support. Doesn't matter if it's a $1.50 donut, doesn't matter if it's a $40,000 car. People are very thoughtful of where they spend their money and who they recommend it to. The thing is, social media is here. It's not going away. The speed of social is, is real. And so we have to embrace it. We have to look at these reviews as a way of saying, you know, 10, 15 years ago, we weren't able to know what people really thought. And in the donut shop example, I mean, that day, grand opening, people were going on Facebook and sharing their experiences. I mean, when you really step back and look at that, that is phenomenal because a company can look at that and say, oh my gosh, we've got some changes to make. Hey guys, let's figure out what needs to change and let's fix it. Let's fix it quick. If you're to wait for the comment box or the suggestion box that no one's going to fill out anyway, again, rewind 10, 15 years, you may not know for weeks or months because people are like, uh, I don't really want to tell them or I don't want to make them feel bad or whatever. Facebook is a blessing that people can go on and talk unfiltered and be honest about their experience with the company. So I know it's hard to pill the swallow, but look at these negative reviews as an opportunity and give a little bit of thanks and gratitude instead of getting upset. Often companies really take it personal when they receive a negative review. They think, oh, the customer doesn't understand us. You know, they were hard to work with. They were difficult. They were rude to us. You know, don't, don't they know that we're a local business and these negative reviews can hurt us? I mean, these are things that I've heard from companies all the time. So listen, social media is here to stay. We've got to think about a way to look at these negative comments as an opportunity. So... Let's do a little review here and go back to the marketing trust framework. Three things, proximity, honesty, and expertise. So remember, proximity is getting connected with the customer as soon as possible. Let them know you got their feedback and learn more. Then make that change. Be honest with yourself. Once you know what the issue is, then fix it. And the big thing that a lot of people don't do is tell people that they fixed it. Make sure to let people know Hey, we now offer this. Or, hey, we heard you and we're here to fix it. And the third thing is make sure to offer up your expertise. You know, after the dust settles of 
you know, what went wrong and trying to be empathetic and be open, make sure to say, hey, by the way, we're here for you. This is what we do. We are donut experts or whatever you're selling. And let people know that you're serious about what you're offering and that you have the clout, you have the experience to be in business. So that was my episode, episode 16. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that was helpful. And yeah, that is what it's all about. I'm super passionate about customer service. This is something I feel really strong about and something that I help a lot of companies with. So if you'd like to talk more, definitely hit me up, adam at adamcbuchanan.com. We can see maybe how I can help your business and set up a free strategy call with me. Also want to let you know, I'll be in Florida, sunny Florida, warm sunny Florida next week. We'll be with Chase Bank and partnership with Convince and Convert. We're going to be on the Chase Biz Mobile Tour. And what's happening is we're going to be in this Chase truck and we're going to roll up to Miami, Orlando, and Boca Raton. And we're going to be doing live consulting with Jay Bear, Mary Nice, Marcy Missouri, and Daniel Lemon. We're going to be helping companies in local areas in those cities with helping them with their word of mouth marketing strategy. Really looking forward to that. I'll be in Florida all next week. So really excited to work with Chase, who's a partner on this project with Convince and Convert. So pretty excited there and looking forward to see Jay and Mary and the gang over at uh, CNC, good friends of mine. Well, that does it for episode 16. If you liked what you heard today, please pass along to a colleague in business, anyone in marketing who's running their business, and hopefully it can help them as well. Please consider leaving a review. And if you'd also like to connect on Twitter, I'm at Adam underscore Buchanan. Same with Instagram. And you can also join the Marketing Trust Podcast Facebook group. Just go ahead and type in Marketing Trust on Facebook. You'll see me in the big red glasses, and I'll make sure to approve you and welcome you into the group. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time. This has been another episode of the Marketing Trust Podcast, where I help you infuse more trust with your customers to help grow your business. I'm Adam Buchanan, and I want to thank you for listening.